I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. So municipal elections are just around the corner. And as many of you know, on these odd years, our local electeds uh, stand before us and ask to be reelected. Local electeds are the best. They're the closest to us. They are where the rubber hits the road, as they say. They, they really impact our quality of life. And then sooner than I'm sure we all want, you've got midterm elections and you're already hearing discussions about who um, you, you have an inner party fight for our U.S. Senate race. Um, you'll have the hype of getting ready for a presidential already happening. We are full of political news lately, particularly about who our elected officials are. What are we looking for in leaders? So today, I want to make a case for you about a criteria that I think should be central to your decision making as you look at the next elected official, be that your city council person, your next mayor, or even who we are sending to Washington, D.C. I'm also going to start with one more teaser before I tell you what my idea is or what I think should be central to your decision making. I'm also going to maybe criticize us a little bit as Utahns. I think that one of the reasons I've been thinking about this uh, criteria so much is I'm seeing fewer and fewer elected officials who have this characteristic. And I think if we don't think about this, it's going to be problematic for us. So here's my idea that I'm going to ask you to take as a primary uh, criteria to look at when you are evaluating who you want to elect. Are they decision makers? Will they make decisions? So sure, you say, ah, that sounds easier. Isn't that what I'm hiring to do? They all make decisions. So I think the tenets of decision making are you be counted. Um, you're not all things to all people. And you don't just have platitudes that are driving your agendas. And you're not just speaking of theoretical large concepts. You're willing to put down a marker. You're willing to say, I have a big idea or I am going to make choices and make decisions. Now, this isn't uh, about saying I guarantee you that these things will happen while I'm elected. This isn't even really about saying I'll reduce crime or I'll clean up measures. Those are promises. I want to talk about people who will make the hard decisions even when they don't pay off politically. I want to talk about people who put policy first, who put the community first above re-election, people who I want to talk about not the sexy decisions. I want to talk the everyday decisions that may have winners and losers, that may put people in binds, but they're willing to do it. More and more in Utah, 
I am not seeing decision makers. I'm seeing people who are articulate and who have big ideas, but they are operating in platitudes or they're saying the right thing, but that they don't make decisions. So here's another thing I'm going to just lean right into is to say, boy, having the community conversation, it's so important. Bringing different voices to the table, really important. Bringing teams of experts together, blue ribbon commissions, appointing groups to discuss things, to make sure we've seen it from all sides of the table. I think those things are important. But frankly, I think we've leaned on those too much as a replacement for decision making. Convening, conversations, seeking expertise, those are the means, not the end. The end is decision making. So here's where we fit into it. If we want to hold it up and say, I'm going to look for people who will be willing to make hard choices. They will put their money down. They'll make decisions. They won't punt things. They won't just sugarcoat it or do it around the edges because they know if they really get into it, they'll make some of us mad. So here's what I also suggest is our part of the equation. If we make a decision to elect decision makers, we also have to give them, them a chance to measure and adopt and adapt. Because where I want to judge people is not whether they were right or wrong. Public policy is too hard to be right or wrong. I've always said, as I loved public policy my whole life, it's a baseball game, though. You know, if you're batting 400, you're doing a heck of a job. So I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to score you. Rather, what I'm going to judge you is how well you took in information about your decision and how well you'd made changes on behalf of my community. So not only do I want to elect decision makers, I want to give them the room to be good leaders and leaders make changes. And that's where measurables come in. So I believe decision makers can also be held more accountable. So we've had a history of liking and um, electing people we like, the nice guy, the good guy, and I want that too. But true character is doing the hard thing. True character is making the tough decision. Um, Let me tell you where I think the window is for this. Utah has been lucky to have great leaders in the past. We've always, from the very first pioneers who pulled in in 1847, we've thought generationally. We've planned for those who aren't even born yet. But that required decisions, decisions that maybe didn't make sense at the time. And we've had the luxury of being a Western growing state and the benefits economically and the benefits of um, of in of investment and prosperity that come just organically through being a growing state. But now as we want to look at smart growth more than just any kind of growth, more that now that we want to talk and maintain our quality of life, it's going to become more and more urgent for our leaders to make harder decisions. Because Again, we have the benefit of being in an organically growing state. We've taken some wonderful measures to keep that going. Um, Let me be clear. I'm not indicting all of our leaders. We have some terrific leaders. But some of this organic growth has allowed us to have some mediocrity and that prosperity has come not because of tough decisions but rather circumstances. And I think mediocrity is the enemy of a really good democracy that go along to get along. So my notion today is not only listen to where you align with their issues, which are really important, and take a look at their stances and take a look at their positions, but also ask the deeper question about, well, are you willing to take a position? And 
and then ask ourselves as constituents and as members of the community, are we willing to get leaders who will be bold, maybe do out-of-the-box thinking, give us a strategy, right? I'm not suggesting that the decisions don't come with evaluations and measurables. They have to. They must. But in fact, let's start electing a generation of not just people that we like, but people who we think will make bold decisions. Um, water is is a, is a issue I spend a lot of time on. And when we looked at, at when the pioneers and then early in the 30s and in the 40s, you see generations of people building infrastructures and making um, plans and attempting to plan well beyond their window of leadership. Those bold decisions that they articulated well, put together a plan, but then as importantly, they adapted when they started to um, implement those measures and saw the flaws. So true leadership is going to be someone who's willing to tell you what decisions they'll make, not just the issues they agree on, but the actual decisions that they will make. Will they be counted? And again, I'll tell you, don't let them fool you and say that process is decision making when they say, well, I'm going to get the best experts around me. You need to look for people, or I would ask that what I look for are people who will say, yeah, here's my opinion and I'll make a decision. And I would rather have someone that I disagree with, frankly, on a policy or that I'm not 10 for 10 with on their policies. But I know that the character of them will be to be willing to be judged, which will require them to bring the best talent around them to make that decision, but that they will go on record, they will make choices they will not make excuses. So it's a little different. It's a, a little unique. But I would suggest that as you look at the municipal elections and as you start to look at the midterms, put into your mind the question of who's willing to go on record with decisions. It's been great to be with you this afternoon. Enjoy your weekend and look forward to seeing you next week on Inside Sources. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.